You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. Hi, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Above Average. The podcast where we, two above average performing arts students, I forgot the intro. Try to expand our below average knowledge of the world and how it works. This week's episode is all about politics. We're learning about how bills are passed, what makes a good politician, and we've even made our own political party. So grab someone's ponytail and settle in for the final episode of season one of Above Above Average. Average. Here we are, the final episode of season one. How are we feeling? I'm feeling pretty sad, I'm not going to lie. I don't like being in here for the last time for season one. I know. I've missed the studio and now we have to leave it again. That's not fun. I miss having all the fancy recording equipment. Yeah, and my lovely Red Bull from Sean. And my lovely caffeinated drink. I actually lied. Bonnie gave me the Red Bull today. I'm sorry, Bonnie. She's Mrs. Red Bull. Love you, Mrs. Red Bull. Girl boss. Happy level two, everyone. I hope most of you are back to in-person classes. I know me and Caitlin are. Yes, the school. Performing arts has led us back. Don't know why, but probably, we're wreaking havoc. <laughs> it's probably because of the very small numbers of performing arts students at the university. <laughs> so it's quite easy to have less than 50 people in a room. Yeah, it's definitely not hard, but it's good to be back. It feels good. And we got Charlie the dog cuddles today, so we are feeling good. Feeling great. Loving life, if you will. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love life. Sometimes. Okay, there's no need to be depressing. It's the final episode, Caitlin. Come on. Okay. Pick, pick that mood up, girl. Okay. Let's go. Let's get into learning about politics. Let's girl boss our way into the final episode. So Parliament, an important thing. Democracy, how the country works. Yes. Important stuff that I think quite a lot of people don't fully understand. I'm one of those people. I'm also one of those people. I mean, that's not surprising. (laughs) When I was in school, one of my friends was very, very into her politics. But I didn't really get it, how she got it. I just kind of didn't understand, wasn't very clever. I feel like we are two gals who are into politics. I think I think we are now. I think we're involved in our own different ways. Compared to even like first year, now that we're third year, I feel like we definitely have got more comfortable. This is getting a little bit deep. I think we've definitely got more comfortable with speaking up for what we believe in. Yeah, because I was always comfortable in high school. I did an interview once where I talked about women empowerment, which was iconic. And I do obviously love women empowerment and I still preach it to the Day. I mean, who doesn't? If Please. you don't, ooh, you better check yourself. You turn that around, sister. Read my blog. She has a blog, everyone. I do. And I wrote about women. What's the blog? Plug it. My blog is called Coming of Age because of Coming of Age movies. And I wrote a blog about the daily life and the life of a woman going through the ages of our lives and how we are treated in society. It was very political. So you could say I'm involved in politics that way, but I don't know a lot about the government and how it actually works. You know what I mean? The systems. Yeah, the systems. I don't get it. We struggle with how everything works. Legally. Legally. Yeah. a good word for it. So, today's the day that we're going to figure some of that out. Thank goodness. So we're going to start with sort of simple one. It makes sense to me, so I think it'll make sense to you. And that's how bills are passed. So bills are proposals to make a new law or change an existing one. For everyone out there listening that um, didn't know that, bills are not Bill Clinton. They're not Billy Elliot. They're not the two bills on campus, the ducks. They are exactly what Jess just said. Laws are just like a levelled up bill. You know what I mean? Well, don't you have to get 
you have to pass bills to get a law. Yeah, no, no, but that's what it is because a law starts off as a bill. So a law is just like a level 10 version of a bill. Yeah. Okay. It's like level four lockdown for the law. No, I mean, no, not no. at all. I was thinking more in the term of like a video game. That is so poggers. That is the only time you're allowed to say poggers in any episode of Above Average. That is so poggers. Okay, that's enough. You said it twice. <laughs> so bills, there's different kinds of bills. Like you said before, Bill Clinton, Billy Elliot. The two campus bills. The ducks. Mm-hmm. So the different types of bills are called government bills, Mm -hmm. which are bills that parliament put through. Members bills, which are bills put through by MPs, which means, Caitlin? Members of parliament. Yay! (gasps) Did I get that? Yeah. Oh my goodness, I've gotten so smart. So the members bills are put through by MPs who aren't in the government. So they're members of parliament, but they're not in the government. And then we have local and private bills, Mm -hmm. which are little laws that apply to a single person or a single thing. So they're not as big as other ones. Yeah, not as big as the government bills or the members bills. Yeah. There's a seven step process to getting a bill made into a law. Mm-hmm. So that's why I liked it because I love a good, like, you know, step by step. Step by step, ooh, baby. What are you singing? It was in our 2015 of school production, Pop Stars. Everything was in the 90s jukebox musical. <laughs> Not the television reality show. No. Shout out, TJ. No, Step by Step was by some American boy band. It was a tune. Anyway. Anyway, step by step processes, I like them. They're quite easy to follow. And bills have a step by step process. So I love that for us. So the first part of the process is the introduction. This introduction is when the bill becomes available to the public. Mm-hmm. Before the bill can even be considered for the first round, if you will, mm-hmm. like an MP or someone that has something to do with parliament has to introduce the bill. So members of the public can't can't introduce a bill, but they can comment on it and uh, stand for it or whatever, Yeah. but they themselves can't introduce it. So after the introduction, it moves on to the first reading, and this happens a few days after the introduction, which gives everyone time to read through it. Mm-hmm. Then there's a little vote, and this first vote decides whether they should put more consideration into the bill, like they basically decide if they think it's decent enough to put time and effort into it. So if it's trash or not trash? Yeah, pretty okay. much. So if if it is trash, they scrap it. Dead and buried. As Justin Timberlake once said, dead and gone, dead and gone, dead and. Or Slow Tie said, dead and buried. No? Okay. So if it makes it through the first reading, mm-hmm. before it can go into the second reading, it has to go in front of a select committee. Right. So a select committee is made up of a group of MPs from different parties. Yeah. So just a whole whole bunch of peeps, if yeah. you will. And in the select committee, they further analyse the bill, and this is when they get sort of experts on the topic. So I don't know, say the bill was about musical theatre. The expert would be Caitlin. (gasps) Yay. And so Caitlin, the expert, would be brought in. (laughs) Just like how we had Quinn, the expert, on the sporting podcast. So they bring... Caitlin, the expert. Caitlin, the expert. To Parliament. To the Beehive. Oh, no. To the Beehive. She gets taken to the Beehive. She hasn't even been out of the South Island. Oh, my goodness. How's she going to react? So they get Caitlin, the expert, in, and then the public can also have their say as well. So I come in as a member of the public, and you're an expert, and you say what you want to say about the bill. So say if it's good, or say if there needs to be some reworking of the bill. Yeah. And then I, as a member of the public, can also have my say. Oh, I like so that. So I could say, no, the bill's trash. Or right. I could say, wig, the bill's everything. <laughs> as they say in Parliament, wig, the bill's as everything. As they say in Parliament. So once we get through that step, 
there. Mm-hmm. We get to the second reading Woo. where the bill is read again and this is when they start debating it. Right. Okay? So the other ones we've just been voting and explaining and whatever. Yeah. But this one is where they really start debating the main points of the bill and they can propose changes. Mm-hmm. So if everyone agrees on the changes that someone suggested, the changes are then implemented into the bill and it moves on to the next round. Yeah. But if not everyone agrees, they have to have another vote at the end of the second reading. And then if this vote is lost... Like if they say, no, mm-hmm. we don't want to make changes, that's the end. She's eliminated. She's gone. Bye. Bye, Queenie. The bill is finished. Okay. But if we make it through, next we have to go in front of the committee of the whole house. <sighs> the whole house. Not half the house. <laughs> the, the whole, whole house. house. And this part of the process is kind of lit. I kind of enjoyed this part. <laughs> so this committee of the whole house comes between the second and the third reading and everyone has to vote on the bill. And this takes place in the chamber, which is like, I think, the big debate house. House of Parliament, you know what I mean? The only reason I know that is because that's where Chloe Schwarber called someone a boomer. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Okay, boomer. And everyone's like, thank you. (laughs) And where Jacinda called Judith a Karen, which was iconic. Did she call her a Karen? Yeah. That's so funny. It was something about a hate speech law or something. Miss Judith. was just talking and everyone's like no one asked Queenie <laughs> but Miss Judith was coming for Mistress and Ardu. she was coming for her across the house and Cindy was like <laughs> no and Cindy basically said Judith you're wrong and this law doesn't prevent people from being called a Karen so don't you worry like you can you'll be still called a Karen that's so funny yeah I'll show you the video after it's, cool. it's really iconic yeah because it's so funny because the whole of parliament is just like oh burn she really said bleep the government bleep Boris yeah I think that's the motto that I live by bleep, bleep the, the government, government bleep, bleep, Boris. bleep Boris so now that we know the iconic chamber yeah that's where they are all sitting down having a great time but this is slightly different to the third reading because the speaker is not in the chamber at this point Mm -hmm. the speaker is the highest officer elected by the New Zealand House of Representatives. Yes. So this person is the third most important constitutionally mm-hmm. after the Governor-General and then the Prime Minister. Yeah. And they're kind of like the mediator of the debates. Yeah. And they can tell people off for breaking the rules. I think I'd love that job. Yeah, I think you'd be good at that job. Because i just be like, Judith, pack it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So because the speaker's not there, it means this debate of the committee of the whole house is a lot less formal than the third reading. So yeah, they just in this thing, they debate more and whatever, and they can present more changes. And there's no time limit in this section of the process because in the other ones, it's basically like you need to do it like every three days. Yeah. It needs to be quite consecutive. Yeah. But with this part, there is no time limit. So it could go on for a few days, Ooh. which is interesting. And then once it's finished, a final copy of the bill is drawn up with all the changes that were made or whatever. And now it's ready for the third and final reading. The third and final reading is the final, final vote. It's like the final of the X Factor. Giving you very much 2010 X Factor UK final. Yeah. You don't know who's going to win because this is a lot more of a formal debate. Yeah, compared to X Factor. No, compared to oh, the sorry, committee of the sorry, whole sorry, house. Sorry, sorry, Excuse me, X Factor is sorry, very serious. X Factor is a very serious <laughs> debate. So this is a lot more formal because the speaker's there and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And this is kind of the yes or no time. This is the who wants it, who doesn't. If we do, if everyone says yes, please, there is one more step before it can actually become... This is such a seeps. I know. It's a little bit... Extra? 
a little bit extra. So the last thing you have to do is once it's got the big yes, it has to be signed by a sovereign representative or the sovereign herself, <gasps> which is my old mate Lizzie. Queen Lizzie. Literally. And this is called the Royal Assent. And after Lizzie gives it the big thumbs up or the Governor General. So Thin Lizzie has to sign it off. Thin Lizzie. <laughs> Do you reckon the Queen's ever worn Thin Lizzie? I think she's more of a... I think, you know... I think she's a Estee Lauder kind of gal. No, see, I think Thin Lizzie, the Queen, would have worn Thin, thin Lizzie. Lizzie. Skinny. Skinny. I think Thin Lizzie would have worn in the early 2000s. I think she's a little bit of a trendsetter. I think that she would have worn the Thin Lizzie lip gloss that we know and love from the oh, early the clear, 2000s. The yeah. clear lip gloss? Yeah. I feel like Queen Liz should do a brand deal with Thin Lizzie. I agree. Thin Lizzie. After Lizzie gives it the big tick-tick, now it can finally become the law. Her lip gloss is cool, her lip gloss is popping. All the boys will be stopping. They chase her after school. And now we know how bills are passed. Doesn't Hooray! Doesn't seem too hard, does it? No, and I like that bills being passed is a lot like X Factor. Yeah. Because Simon the Weasel Cowl, obviously, mm-hmm. is kind of like the Speaker of the House. Yeah, he decides. He decides, and... Let's just say the bill that passed that said One Direction had to lose wasn't the best decision, but in the end, One Direction losing and not getting their bill through to be the winners of X Factor... Definitely the most famous. ...was definitely... Well, yeah, exactly. It definitely paid off for them because, I mean, look at them. They're on their solo careers. Harry Styles, end of. tour, baby. But it is very much like X Factor. Like, even before the bill gets introduced to the public, there has to be, like, a sort of first audition that the public doesn't see to be able to put... from the public oh my gosh she's got a story for you i know exactly what she's gonna say (laughs) it's like that one time i can't believe i'm about to say this that one time i was on pop stars new zealand oh my god wig there's someone famous in the room basically the story is that i drove it's pretty much the same as the bills i drove up to christ well i didn't drive i bust i bust from alexandra to christchurch from the last episode you can't drive yeah so i I bust i bust up to christchurch and then we had to go through it was two different rounds almost to get to the the on-stage auditions for like Kimbra and Vince Harder. Mm-hmm. So we had to obviously send an online audition and then we had to do an in-person audition a cappella. And acapella. it was Why do they always do a cappella? A cappella is trash. I sounded really good. I sang Billie Eilish and they said I had a lovely voice. I obviously What Billie Eilish song did you sing? Oh. <laughs> when the party's over. Oh my. Um I sounded really good. She's quirky guys. She's not like other girls. Yeah. She listens to Billie Eilish. But I didn't Sorry, obviously get through. I can't wait for everyone to hear about me not getting through to pop stars it's okay you have a podcast on radio one now exactly that's so much better than getting into pop stars take that tv and Z. okay so now that we've learned about bills i think we need to talk about what makes a good politician because there are some good politicians in the world there are some bad politicians you I know what i mean more bad than good but yeah yeah it's I think just my personal opinion it definitely i think everyone has different opinions on what makes a good politician for yes. example i think jacinda Ardern is a good politician and florida thinks that donald trump was just the bee's knees, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. We all have our own opinion. Oh, Florida. Because if we all thought the same, how boring would that be? According to Google, because I looked up Google and then I came to a bunch of articles about how good Jacinda Ardern is, which I agree with, but that wasn't the point of this section. So they said that a good politician is someone that people like, which they kind of have to be likeable to... But that's also a little bit subjective because people liked Margaret Thatcher that's and true. people didn't like Margaret Thatcher. That's true. But I mean, you have to be liked by someone to 
get voted in. You have to be liked by a fair few people. Yeah, just a tiny wee amount. They also said that someone who is a good politician is authentic, which I agree with. I like an authentic... Like a good performer. Yeah, exactly. I just want to put it out there that politician is a really hard word to say, so from now on I'm going to say Parmesan. I think politician is going to be Parmesan for the rest of this um, podcast. Caitlin will say Parmesan. I will say politician. So I love a Parmesan who is authentic, because why not? And also someone that isn't a raging racist or homophobic. I think that's a good quality to have. It's always a plus, you know. Yeah. Not everybody gets that memo, but... Sadly. It's always a plus. Yeah. They also have to have a clear understanding of society and culture and they represent the people faithfully and they act for the betterment of society. So that's a total wig. That's what Google thinks is a good politician. But I thought that I needed some extra opinions because we're doing a politics episode and I think a lot of people have different opinions on the Parmesans of the world. Definitely. And so I consulted the people, which happened to be today, the BPA students in the Te Korokoro social space. The only people that you ever need to do anything. And the BPA said some pretty smart stuff and some pretty not smart stuff because we're performing arts students and we don't know a lot about politics. Don't tell the uni that. Sorry. They'll cut the funding even more. Anyway. (laughs) So we'll start with the smart stuff. Before I begin, I'd just like to preface that all the BPAs mentioned gave permission for their opinions to be used in the episode. Thank you. Don't worry, we're not breaking any privacy laws. Don't worry. So... The first BPA, who's a good bestie of ours, said that a good politician is someone who keeps their promises, which I can agree with to an extent. I think it's good to keep your promises, but I think that sometimes things happen in the world and promises have to adapt to that. They also said that a good Parmesan is someone who thinks about both the people and the economy. So now we're in young Nat territory. They also talked about how a good Parmesan is someone who's cultured. All of these are, again, correct, in my personal opinion, to an extent. Obviously, the culture is 100%, you know. I agree with that. I also feel like a Parmesan needs to not only care about the people connected to the economy, but the people connected to every single aspect of the country, so we can't just be focused on the economy. Yeah. I also just want to add that I think it's really cool that we can, like, off topic, I think it's really cool that we can have these conversations about politics and, like, a calming environment, because I think that's how it should be done, and we need to respect that other people's political viewpoints, you know what I mean? Sometimes we don't respect everything they have, but we've got to hear people out. You don't have to agree with everyone's opinions. Yeah. It's like how if I look at some clothes and go, wow, that's hideous, and then Caitlin comes out wearing it, I'm not going to say she looks ugly. She'll just think it. Because it's glasses. Anyway, now we're on to the not-so-smart section of the politics. And I would also like to note that these are said by our besties for entertainment purposes only. So one of our besties said, Who needs a politician when you pretty much own half of New Zealand anyway? You can pretty much be your own Prime Minister. Thank you. Interesting. Another one of our besties said, The only thing I know about politics is from my parents and I'm white. So now this one is from our bestie. TJ said, I don't really follow politics living the Fair best enough. life that's fine and our biggest probably biggest i'd say above average fan a really good political friend of ours and about said that a good parmesan needs to have good meme strength she also noted that i need to add that in a chris hopkins spread your legs kind of way not a judith collins my husband is someone so to so 
Lofer kind of way. And I think that all of these, while for entertainment purposes, make a good politician, I think. I'm not sure. I also thought of something that could be spicy for our listeners, which would be good and bad things about a select few of our country's party leaders. Before we do that, can I just say, being a politician is so performative. Yeah. They got to have some acting skills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. B- we could be politicians. BPA degree isn't that useless. Not at all. What do people think BPA is? Bachelor of Public Administration. It's not. It's, it's not. Bachelor of Performing Arts. But we'll take it. Thank you. Okay. Let's talk about good and bad things about our spicy politicians. Guys, this is just for fun. You heard the disclaimer. It's just for fun. It's entertainment purposes only. So our first one we have is the renowned Judge Judy. Stinky, stinky, rubbish bin, stink girl, Bella from Twilight, Miss Judith Collins. And yes, I just quoted Mike's Mike. Good things about Judith. She's passionate. And I think that's important for a leader. I like how she always wears blue. She's a leader of the National Party. She's repping. It doesn't mean you have to colour coordinate, Queen, but I appreciate the dedication to She's, always wearing blue. That's the thing about Judith, is while I don't personally agree with her Neither ever, do I. I have some words I'd like to say to her that are not going to be on this podcast. We can't falter her on being dedicated to her opinion. <laughs> She's very dedicated. She really likes her own opinion. Yeah, and good on her. She's a politician. Okay, next we have bestie Cindy Lou Who, Jacinda Ardern. She is amazing. She's an icon. She is the moment. And she is the moment. She is kind. Jacinda Ardern is a person for the people. I just think we should appreciate our good old Cindy Lou Who sometimes because she does a lot for our country. If you look at the state of some other countries in the world as decision making goes for the Mm. pandemic, you should be really glad you live in New Zealand. Might we just add that no one ever wrote a song about Jacinda Ardern. What they did write about was bleep the government, bleep Boris, not bleep the government bleep Jacinda Ardern so let's leave that one there thank you Stormzy thanks Stormzy you're an icon I've just got a question as well what ever happened to Winnie the Pooh Winston Peters like genuinely like what happened to what happened to Winston Peters he's been in politics for a really long time though he's dedicated as well and we can give Winnie the Pooh that like since the 80s we weren't even born (laughs) we weren't even conceived no oh I've got another one David Seymour no comment the one thing I like about David Seymour isn't even about David Seymour more if I'm honest. It's that our OUSA president, Michaela, went viral for her video calling him... Some bad words. She called him charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. We'll let you figure out what that acronym stands for. I didn't for a while. Oh, and fun fact, the new Conservative Party currently don't have a leader. Sucks to suck. Oh, what a shame. Sorry, new Conservative. Oh, that's really sad. And that's Mm. what makes a good politician. Hooray. Hooray. Now, for the exciting part of the episode, we get to make our own political party. Now, we've done a bit of research and a bit of digging, so I think we're definitely fully equipped and qualified to do this. We put out a story on our Above Average Instagram saying, like, what makes a good politician, and someone replied, you guys. So I think that gives us enough reasoning. So I think that gives us enough to be good politicians and run our own party, obviously. We're actors. We can do anything. We can literally, we can act our way through it. It's fine. Now, Google said to us that the first step of making a political party was to organise your supporters but we supported so YOLO I think we're fine on that and then we searched it up about like how to make a party and there were a bunch of like boring steps that we don't care for so we just wanted to make it and here we are. Yeah we're just having fun guys Yeah. This is all in good fun until we get really committed and we actually do this. So first off we need a party name. Now we've struggled with this. We've got two different opinions on what it should be called. As if you didn't guess me and Caitlin are the leaders of the 
the party. Yes. Pretty obvious. And unfortunately, we've had some clashing <laughs> with what we should call the party. I think we should be called the Girl Boss Union Party. But I think we should be called the Poggers Party. You've already that's three times. That's the limit. So I'm going to break that limit one more. I think we call ourselves the Girl Boss Poggers Party. It's good, right? It incorporates both our visions. The Girl Boss Poggers Party. Do you not think that's good? Well, it'll just have to do. Jess and I are now the leaders of the Girl Boss Poggers Party. Our slogan is so totally wig. So now that we have a name, which is interesting, <laughs> the I Girl like Boss it. Poggers Party. I love it. We have a slogan, so totally wig. Every good party needs a jingle. An anthem. An anthem, if you will. And we happen to have a campaign band. Our favourite uni band. Black Cell House. We love you guys. Shout out to Black Cell House. And they love us so, so much, much. That they have decided to write the Girl Boss Poggers Party anthem. anthem. So here it is for your enjoyment. Girl Boss Poggers Party, throw off your shackles of oppression and reclaim the means of production. So totally And now, every good political party has policies. I think every political party has to have policies. You're not wrong there. <laughs> Good or bad, you have to have policies. So we, as a good political party... Obviously. As good Parmesans that we are... Okay. We we have come up with some policies that we think would be good. I think they would be good, attractive to university students, because if you haven't gathered, university students are our party's demographic. Yeah. If you haven't gathered by the name The Girl Boss Poggers Party, Party, we are for the students. Yes. So our first policy is that every student at the University of Otago will get a weekly budget to spend specifically on Union Grill. Nothing else. Just Union Union Grill. Grill. Also, we actually didn't really look up like what a policy is. So we're just making these up. These are just things we want in our party. We're just picking these out of the air and throwing them into our party. No haters, please. No haters at the Girl Boss Poggers Party. Haters back off. Our next policy little bit specific but needed needed the girl boss poggers party <laughs> oh no we said poggers so many times the girl boss poggers party will campaign to get the bpa students a dance studio finally hooray of their own of our own not the tear dance studio not the ousa dance studio a tear performing arts dance studio which will obviously be named after the girl boss poggers party the girl boss poggers dance studio yeah yeah also a little bit of a sore spot. Our next policy hits me really hard and I cried about this the other day, quite literally. Our next policy is to bring back Starters Bar. Amen. I think we... Amen. We don't even need to say anything else about that one. That's just there. It's pretty clear. A very important policy we have is to make Radio 1 New Zealand's only radio station. I agree. Yeah. I think Radio 1 is top tier and we should only be listening to Radio 1 because it's elite. Yeah. So if you're not listening to Radio 1, what are you doing? What are you doing? Kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I think these policies... Are are getting worse and worse as we go down oh the list. But this, that's okay because we're all about fun. This the next Girl one is my favourite. So our friend Danielle introduced us to our favourite YouTuber now, apart from the Sidemen, which is Mike's Mike. And he did a Twilight video where he compared Ed Sheeran to Edward Cullen and he called him Eddie. So in light of that, we've decided that any time Eddie is mentioned, it must have a trigger warning before his name. Because he's one scary man. <laughs> Especially in Bad Habits. Trigger warning. Why is he a vampire? Trigger warning Ed Sheeran. Next, this one goes out to all those students studying law. This is really important, so open your ears. To get into law, you must be able to recite the course 
courtroom scene in Legally Blonde when she's talking about the perm, it's the, the perm. thymonium diglocalate, yeah. the chemical in the perm that you can't get wet for 24 hours, yeah. and you must be able to recite that whole courtroom scene. Otherwise, you sorry, fail. honey, choose another career. Our next policy. <laughs> These are getting so bad. Our next policy is a Love Island fanatic. Speak really? for yourself. Yeah. So me as a Love Island fanatic, every university lecturer must sign their emails off with our favourite way to sign off emails, chugs. And if you don't know what chugs means... Go watch Love Island. It means cuddles and hugs. Oh, my gosh. How did you not get that? Chugs. Chugs. Our last policy <laughs> is the most iconic. The university clock tower that dongs at every hour, the dongs will be replaced by an iconic track by our campaign band, Black Sail House, Emerald, Emerald Gaze. Gaze. On the hour, every hour, Emerald Gaze by Black Sail House will play from the clock tower. Everyone go stream Emerald Gaze on Spotify. <laughs> Okay, if if they don't let us perform with them now, I'm not a big fan anymore. I'm replacing them with Max Key. <laughs> now down to the logistics of the party members themselves. That's a big word. Obviously, we are the leaders of the Girl Boss Poggers Party, no doubt about it. Who else would be as iconic to yeah. lead the party apart from us? Yeah. And so, but we have to think of people like, not below us, but working with us. <laughs> <laughs> So, we have thought of these really deeply and we've decided, who have we decided as our deputy leader? Well, these were important decisions. We thought long and hard about these, by the way. We did. So, for deputy party leader. We couldn't decide. We couldn't decide. So, we thought, well, there's two leaders. So, so we need two, two deputies. deputies. So, we have, obviously, the Radio 1 legend, Mayor Aaron Hawkins. And then our second deputy is our Radio 1 father, King Sean, the king of poggers. When Sean says poggers, it ends me, man. It ends me. Anyway, so those are our deputy leaders. So a good party always needs advisors because I said so. (laughs) So we're going with this theme of peers. Yeah. So we have two advisors. Yes. And they advise us on the daily for the podcast anyway. Yeah. So So why not advise us politically? They have experience advising us. So they can do anything if they can do that. Obviously, we have Miss Girlboss herself. Bonnie from Radio 1. Woo! And, of course, Tommy T. But hashtag Girlboss Bonnie has to also be Biscuit Boy Tommy T's advisor because, like, not to hashtag boomer shame, but Tom, you're kind of a boomer. Okay. So boomers need advice and it just happens to be that Bonnie is going to advise Tommy T and then they're both going to advise us. We love you as an advisor. We just need to make sure you get that little bit of extra help from Girlboss Bonnie. Especially with technology. Sorry, King. (laughs) Our next one, Speaker of the House. One of the most important roles if you will and the most important part of the Radio 1 family Charlie Charlie, the the dog dog. we love you so much Charlie there is literally no explanation Charlie is the perfect mediator loved by all literally when you walk in the door and Charlie's here you just get jumped on and she gives you cuddles such calming vibes and then we obviously need a campaign manager because I mean Caitlin could probably do that job as well because if you guys didn't know she's like kind of a social media icon I'm a social media girl boss but she'll be too busy running the party with me. Yeah. So we thought, well, we need someone else. And we kind of went off the track of Radio 1 for this one. We kind of went a little bit crazy and we thought Lil Nas X. Obviously because he's been running such a good campaign for Montero, you know, with like the pregnancy. He also knows how to make a statement visually. Exactly. So we just want 
Lil Nas X on our team because I love him so much. And, like, he's just come so far because he really knows how yeah. to, like, work the system. And we can steal the clout off Lil Nas X. <gasps> Speaking of stealing the clout off someone, our media manager, we want to know none other than Sir Dave Borry from The Bachelorette because he has TV experience and connections, so exactly. we can use that clout. He knows media inside and out. Yeah, he can give our fans the BTS on the Girl Boss Poggers Party gram. Exactly. No eggs involved. And then, obviously, we've already discussed our resident campaign band, Black Sail House. Again, go stream their songs on Spotify. Please. And lastly... We have the security because we're going to be big and famous and people are going to want to meet us. So we need to have some protection. Safety. Yes. Like the president of the I'm United the queen States. of safety. Yeah. So we thought who better <laughs> than to be our security guards than the whole BPA cohort? <laughs> because if they start doing a flash mob. Everyone's going to run. No one's going to come near us. Everyone's gonna, everyone hates a flash mob. Exactly. So our security strategy is for the whole BPA cohort to start doing a flash mob if we need Around to. Around us? If we need to get out of somewhere quick. Yeah. And I think overall with that political campaign and party, I think we'll win over not even the university, but the entire world, baby. Let's the go. The entire world. Like we're going to be like Jacinda Ardern. 2024. The Girl Boss Boss Poggers Poggers Party Party will be running. And if you don't vote for us, I will make the BPA cohort do a flash mob around you. And you don't want that. To freak flag from Shrek the Musical. (laughs) Why did you bring up the freak song? Do you hear that sound, Jess? Is that what I think it is? I think it is the history alarm. Yeah. What on earth was that? That was the history alarm because we didn't do it last week, so I thought I'd spice it up. Oh, you thought you'd add a little bit of of pizzazz, did you? history alarm is my history alarm okay well please never pizzazz up the history alarm again sorry thank you so i don't know if you know this actually the tables have really turned yeah i know i'm a historical queen now she's not but (laughs) never but my great uncle was once the mayor of dunedin no way yeah wait did i if i ever told you okay well the viewers don't know this so my great uncle was once the mayor of dunedin that's right no one would have guessed it because look at me my great uncle was richard Walls, the 52nd mayor of Dunedin. So my great uncle was Richard Walls, this 52nd mayor of Dunedin. Pretty exciting stuff. He served two terms from 1989 to 1995. And fun fact, he was a part of the National Party. Is that a fun fact? Yeah, because he did a lot for Dunedin. And so I don't know what he did, but apparently he did a lot. And I'm related to him, so that's pretty cool. So shout out to my family. And that's the history alarm. I did it differently again that time, but that's it for this this week. So a very short and questionable history alarm <laughs> for the final episode of the podcast. But that's okay, because do you know what we have done for the final episode? What have we done? We have reviewed not one, but Two musicals. So here it is for the final time in season one, your favourite segment, What What We We Do Do Know. So obviously to fit this week's theme of politics, politics. (laughs) we have two musicals. Two very political musicals. Political musicals. One that Jess was in and one that neither of us have been in. And will never be Be in. in. We have That Bloody Woman. That Bloody Woman. And Hamilton. The iconic. American musical. So That Bloody Woman. If you didn't see it, how rude at the Mayfair you really missed out and I kind of feel bad for you so I'll explain the plot so basically 
it follows our homegirl and girl boss, original girl <gasps> boss. The original girl boss of New Zealand. Kate Shepard. Wig. And her suffragettes. No, her suffragists. Sorry, there's two different words. Yeah. Quick history alarm in the musical section. Suffragists was the word for Kate Shepard's girl gang, if you will. Her besties, her girlies. Yeah, her girlies. Because Kate Shepard and her girlies treated their women's suffrage slightly differently to Miss Pankhurst in the UK. Yeah. Who were suffragettes. Right. Who were a lot more violent and forceful with their methods of gaining the right to vote yep. for women. So a little bit tricky, a little bit sneaky with yeah. the suffragists and suffragettes. Yeah. But anyway, Miss Girlboss Shepherd takes you on a journey through her life in a slightly different way that you'd expect. The musical was put on first in 2016 and it was written by Luke DeSoma and Gregory Cooper. Big shout-outs. Big, huge shout-outs. And it's like a, it's a rock musical. Yeah, and it's staged like a concert. Yeah. So the characters will use handheld microphones, mm-hmm. not because of a technical difficulty, but because that's part of the show. It's a performative choice. You get to see how much effort and time was put into getting the the women's rights bill. Mm, you get to meet Tricky Dicky. You get to meet a very fabulous reincarnated version of Richard, Richard Seddon. Seddon, who was the Prime Minister at the time of the Prime whole Minister. You get to meet some of Kate's closest girlies, Jenny, who was her bestie bestie. Mm-hmm. Kate actually married Jenny's husband <sighs> after Jenny died because they were actually in love. Yeah. But it's okay because they were all besties and it was fine. Yeah. And then you also get to meet Kate's other bestie, whose name is Ada Wells, who... Well, just played. I played. And unfortunately, Ada Wells didn't have the nicest life in the world. No. But you get to hear that through a very cleverly written song that will make you cry. Mm. The whole musical is like that. It's very political. and The emotions are up and mm, down. And personally, from personal experience, going to this show made me feel so empowered as a woman and made me really proud to be a woman and how far we've come. So I've only got praise for that bloody woman. Let's say our favourite songs of that bloody woman. So mine, apart from yours, of course. Thank you. Thank you. I think my favourite song, apart from the song that Jess sang, would be... Which is what song, Kellen? It's the Quarter Acre Dream. I think my favourite song is Two Johns. That's a really, really good song. What's your favourite song, Jess? Well, I have a few. Well, you've got to pick one. Oh, okay. Be selfish, pick one. I'm not going to be that person who picks their solo, so I won't do that, even though it was a really good song. But I think my favourite song song is The Line. Yes. Which is basically the song where the sort of debate's happening about Mm. this bill finally going through in The Line is the first time where it's made it all the way to the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. And it's just very, very intense. Like at the end, there's two different melodies being sung. The ensemble is singing harmonies behind. And now we have to write the musical. I'm going to go first. Okay. Do you know what? I'm going to write it off my favourite line of the show. Mm-hmm. which is ponytail. It's when Tricky Dicky pulls a ponytail and it's iconic. Um, and I'm honestly going to give it five out of five ponytails. I saw no faults in this show at all. 
Now, I'm a little bit biased because I was in it, but unfortunately, I am too going to give it five out of five ponytails. Yeah. Well, also because it's a New Zealand musical yeah. written for New Zealand audiences, which is a lot of shows you don't get that. Mm-hmm. Things like Billy Ali are written for English audiences. Yeah. There's a lot of jokes that you wouldn't understand unless you grew up in that place. Yeah. And I think that's the same for... There was a Mike Hosking joke in That Bloody Woman, yeah. which nobody would understand outside of New Zealand. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool that we have a whole musical that is a rock musical as mm. well, written about New Zealand's number one girl boss, yeah. Kate Shepard. We love that bloody one. But we now, love that bloody one. We stand that bloody one. We woman. do stand. So next up we have Hamilton. And Hamilton is one of my favourite musicals. It is a 2016 musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And it is about Alexander Hamilton from the time he gets, well, it's pretty much the birth of Alexander Hamilton. Alexander and, Hamilton. Exactly. And then it goes from the time that he got to New York City in 1776 up until his death and it is a rap musical it pretty much changed the way that Broadway uh, changed again the way that Broadway functions and how shows can present themselves and it's just a really awesome musical and it's got some great songs and I just love it so what's your favourite song from Hamilton I feel like everyone knows what Hamilton is so yeah and if you haven't go educate please go educate yourself go watch it on Disney Plus it's available and it's a really good Broadway cast and I'm going to be that person and say that I have seen it on Broadway (laughs) because I'm just she has I was there at the right time and I just got very lucky but there is so many good songs because unlike that bloody woman Hamilton is completely sung through well sung slash rapped through yeah Apart from one moment. But. Yeah. Majority of the show is either sung or rapped. Yeah. So there is a lot of songs to choose from. Yeah. But if I had to pick one, again, like Luke Jasoma, Lynn is very clever with music. And as a music person, I find that really cool. Yeah. When you can. It's compelling. When you can pick up little things in the music. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to go with Blow Us All Away, mm-hmm. which is in Act Two. Yes. It's near the end. So the end of Act Two, where. It's right before Alex, spoiler alert, it's right before Alexander Hamilton's son Philip dies. Yeah, sorry, spoiler. But I love that song because it's basically the lead up to his death. Mm. And even though the tone of the music sounds very happy and upbeat, there there's a section of notes that have been played in Act One. That have been played in yeah. Act One where Philip Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton's son, was learning the piano with oh, his no, mum. That's, that's Act Two, but it has been played in like subtly in Act it, One as well. It, well, it was played in Tender Dual Commandments, wasn't it? So there's a little ascending piano riff that is played multiple times throughout the show before this song. Mm. And it's played again in this song, but this time it sounds a lot more ominous than it did in the previous songs. And then right at the end of Blow Us All Away is the duel between Philip Hamilton and... George Eaker. George Eaker. And this piano riff is played, but it doesn't reach the end of the piano riff. Mm. It only gets up to... The riff goes from one to ten, but it only gets to seven. Yeah. Which basically indicates that he... He dies. He dies. And then in the next song, in the Stay Alive reprise, they sing in French numbers, and it only plays the three that were missing, which is crazy. It's genius. Oh, it's just... It's the clever writing for me. That's what gets me. (laughs) It's the clever writing for me. What would be my favourite song... 
oh my gosh, there's so Hard many. question. This was my, I just, this is how much of a fan I am, is this was the first musical that my parents really heard about me loving. And it was my first Broadway cast album that I have a physical copy of mm-hmm. in CD form. So I just, I love it so much. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is one of my favourite composers. Oh gosh, what is my favourite song? It's really hard. There is so many there songs. There are so many songs. I'm going to have to say, I think that my favourite song, my favourite song will be One Last Time. Because it's it's the part where George Washington is resigning as president. Nobody's ever done that before. And Christopher Jackson is amazing as George Washington. Also because there's a version of it where Barack Obama does the speech of George Washington. Have you heard that? No. He does. Is I, that when they went to the White House? No, 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 oh. no. This was for the Hamilton mixtape. Oh, okay. And they put Barack Obama on it. And it's phenomenal. And I just think it's a beautiful song and it's sung incredibly. How would we rate Hamilton? Can I just say, can I change mine? Not change mine. Yep. I'd like to put mine as Blow Soul Away and the Stay Alive yeah. Reprise as one. Yeah. Okay, that's all I needed to say. And now we're going to rate it. How are we going to rate Hamilton? Okay, I know how we're going to rate Hamilton. On the topic of NZ politics, mm-hmm. I'm going to rate Hamilton also five out of five, but I'm going to give it five out of five to loafers. I think, again, this musical for me has no faults at all. It's just, it's, it's just beautiful and I am dying to see it on Broadway. I'm dying to see it. I think I too am going to give it five out of five to loafers mm. because it's just so iconic in so many ways. Yeah. The way it was casted, the way it was written, the set design, even the costume design, Mm -hmm. the theatre itself that it's in is just amazing. And I feel like it's one of those musicals that has now allowed for similar style musicals to happen or even similar style musicals that are different from, you know, the Golden Age musicals to actually be recognised as something worth with you know, putting money into and people seeing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we love it. We also stand Hamilton. If you didn't guess, we also stand Hamilton. We love Hamilton. Hamilton. So those are our two musicals. With two very high scores for the final episode. And that is, is what, what we, we do, do know. know. Wow, what a banger of an episode that was, Jess. Before we sign off, one last time. One last time. For the season. We'd like to say a few thank yous. A big thank you to the team at Radio 1. Thank you. For A, giving us this opportunity and B, making us feel so welcome into their little whanau. Uh, We were very nervous coming in, but more specifically, Bonnie, Tommy T and Sean have made us feel terribly welcome. So we thank you guys with so much. And helped Um, us when we didn't know what we were doing. We're the newbies (laughs) and it's pretty scary being the newbies, but we are glad to be here and we hope we can be here for a lot longer because we love it here. And finally, the biggest shout out to everyone who has listened to Above Average I wish we could be like Oprah and say, you get a Radio 1 tote bag and you get a Radio 1 tote bag and you get one. You can. You can go and shop the merch online, but we're not going to give you them for free. Sorry. But we love you and appreciate you anyway. And hopefully you tune in again and again and again and again. So here it is. The final goodbye for the season. Bye. Chugs. Chugs. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.